So I figure we got back from Origins yesterday on Sunday and figure, you know, it's supposed to be my my day off today, kind of as a recovery day from Origins, but I don't know how not to work nowadays, which it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining. Don't don't mind you. It's just I can't like go downstairs and go hang out and play video games because I could be doing something for the show. And so I thought, you know, I might sound a little bit funny, but I, I, I've gotten to the point now to where this is just my convoy or my post-con voice, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, so I figure I would give you guys kind of our recap, a little bit anyway, and give you all the, the gist of what Origins is kind of all about. So Origins runs, at least for us, it ran from Wednesday through Sunday night, uh, or through Saturday night, sorry. Whereas for most folks, it's going to be Thursday through Sunday. Uh, normal four-day convention, uh, and then usually media stuff the day before, etc., etc. Uh, so yeah. So, all right. So Origins, it's... It was a lot of fun. First off, uh, Clay over at Capstone Games was gracious enough to ask us to ask to host us at his uh, booth, at the Capstone Games booth, which it's a kind of a, a benefit for both him as well as for us. For him, he gets, hey, come meet Heavy Cardboard at the booth, this and that. And we get a lot of people coming by the booth, uh, which draws traffic, which is a win-win for him. For us, it gives us a uh, kind of a base of operations from which to go to like store our t-shirts that we were selling, stuff like that, as well as kind of a place of respite uh, to where we can go and sit and uh, and just hang out, even though it's pretty much a, a steady stream of folks coming by the booth, which again, awesome problem to have. Uh, just that's why I sound the way I do. Because talking a lot, which for those that know me is not anything new, just, hey, if people are going to take the time to come by the booth, we're going to take the time to talk to them. So, so yeah, so that's that. So big thanks to Clay over at Capstone Games. They had the, uh, the release of Lignum that was really, really successful, as well as uh, Three Kingdoms Redux was there, and he had the Hoshbell Connect base game as well as the expansion there. And from everything that I saw, all that was doing real well. So that was very cool. Finally got to meet Ryan Metzler, uh, who formerly of the Dice Tower now is doing his own thing along with Clay and Joe over on the Deep End podcast. And that dude kills me, man. He is hysterical. Uh, not much like what he is on his own show on the Dice Tower on the original, on the original uh, 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 reviews that he did. But yeah, we had a lot of fun hanging out with those guys, and just everything from just talking games and just being gamers as well as talking shop. That was a lot of fun, and uh, it was cool to kind of get uh, his his take on things because he's now hasn't reviewed games in what a year and a half or so uh because he real life he has a he has a big time job now so that's that uh so as far as the con itself though um i dug how chill 
the convention was. And what I mean by that, I mean, there's something like 20, 25,000 people, they say, attends that thing. And it never, ever, ever felt anywhere close to that big. And I mean that in the, in the best way possible. If y'all have been to Gen Con or Spiel or any of these massive conventions, you know how loud they are. You know how just jam-packed they are. And you feel like a sardine trying to, to swim upstream if you're trying to get out of the walkways. This is not that. There's plenty of room to walk around. Uh, you could talk at a normal volume from a normal distance and be able to hear each other clearly. And it was just it was just a, a, a light, laid back, just chill vibe that the convention had that, you know, it is closer to a heavy con or BGG con than you would have thought a big time convention. Now, the exhibit hall pretty big. I mean, it's not Gen Con spiel big, but it's it's a lot bigger than something that you would experience at just about any other convention. But it still had this, you know, hey, we have time for you type feel. And it was just, it really, really was kind of a, a fantastic vibe that was going on. Now, Pride Week was also the same weekend, and that actually heightened that kind of chill, laid back vibe outside of the convention hall itself as well as you know not so much in because the vibe was the vibe from the gamers and everything and the exhibitors and everything else but it just whenever we would go out to eat or whatever the the just the the feel of the entire town or at least that part of town that we were in just felt hip and cool and exciting and fun yet laid back. So big props to, I guess, really the city of Columbus for putting on a really excellent uh, convention as well as the parade that that went down over the weekend. And I got to be honest, ultimately, both Amanda and I agreed that Origins is now on the absolute rotation for conventions that we need to attend every year. Uh, Not only for being able to meet Uh, listeners and viewers and everything like that, but also just to be able to touch base with, uh, to network on on the business side of things and just how just ideal it is. Whereas, you know, Gen Con Essen and all these bigger ones are really, you know, go, 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 work, work all the time and and that be that. So yeah, really well done uh, both by, I guess, Gamma as well as the city. So yeah, really, really had a good time. So let me talk about some more, uh, stuff about it. Had a massive gaming area. So the way this is set up is a little bit, well, it's strange to me, this being my first time at origins to where you had this massive, uh, exhibit hall area. And then through a, a doorway led to a massive gaming area. And it was never, it was officially closed off the the uh, exhibit hall, um, but you could still see in there the whole time. They just had security that said, "No, no, you can't go." That type thing. But so it just it felt like it was always one big room, even if it was segregated. So that was a little bit unique, I think. Uh, but the massive gaming area, you did have to have a. Uh, 
board game pass, which I think was 20 bucks on your ribbon or on your badge. If you wanted to game in there, uh, we had press passes, so they let us in there to be able to take pictures and do all that stuff. And if you were on Twitter, then you probably saw all of this stuff. Um, yeah, just a really cool environment. I actually never uh, went and checked out a game there at the game library, but from everything I've heard, it's a massive game library. I saw it. I just never went and actually interacted with it. Uh, games that I saw that were on the table the most was Baron Park, uh, Terraforming Mars. Those are probably the two games I saw played most at the convention. And then Century Spice Road, uh, Lignum, and Lisboa were the boxes that I saw people carrying around the most throughout the week. Now, uh, Lignum didn't show up until Saturday, so take that for with a grain of salt that I only saw that on Saturday. But Lisboa, they had, uh, Eagle Griffin had about 100 copies of it uh, the first, uh, well, essentially the first day. There were a couple copies left over on the second day. So that sold out. So everybody and their mother, it seemed like, was carrying that around. And Century Spice Road, uh, everybody I saw, it's, it felt like, was carrying a copy of this around the hall. So I heard it's supposed to be the Splendor Killer. Haven't played it. Got no strong interest to play it. Tony has played it, says he enjoys it. So there's that. Uh, let's see what else. Here's one that was completely off my radar because of the, the publisher, which very much not our normal wheelhouse, but I was told both, uh, by like three or four people, specifically Gil Hova, uh, formal ferret and Aldi from BGG. When he stopped by, he said that we absolutely need to check out this game called, and I may mispronounce it, so bear with me, but Sidereal uh, or Sidereal Confluence. So Sidereal Confluence or Sidereal Confluence uh, by WizKids. Not a publisher that you would equate with Heavy Cardboard, but I've heard that it's this heavy economic uh, simulation uh, set in a sci-fi space type setting that's supposed to be just the depth on it is supposed to be just massive so there's that uh i'm i'm anxious to to check it out i actually wanted to try and meet uh zev who used to be the the uh owner founder of z-man uh who now works as a part of WizKids. but when we went um Chatty Boy or Chad from BGG took us around to try and go find him, but timing just didn't work out and never got a chance to meet him. So that was kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, looking forward to checking that out at some point. So it was it was definitely, uh, definitely uh, one that people kept telling us, hey, I know this isn't your normal uh, publisher, but check this game out. Oh, and I suppose I could turn the chat on for those viewing at home. I apologize. Wow, I'm off my game today. Sorry about that, y'all. All right, there we go. All right, cool. Uh, so let's see what else. Um, for people that live in humidity, I don't know how you do it. Uh, Amanda and I got off the plane and walked outside to go grab an Uber or a cab or whatever to go to our hotel. And we were like, <gasps> it was like breathing through a swimming pool, not enjoyable at all. Yeah. We're at altitude and I know people have a hard time adjusting to that, but man, that's nowhere near as nasty as humidity. 
I hated wearing jeans while I was there. I, I packed enough pairs of shorts to where that wasn't an issue. But that first day, oof, humidity, not good. Uh, let's see what else. So met a ton of listeners, viewers, fans, whatever you guys want to. I always feel weird calling them fans. Y'all calling y'all fans. Um, just fellow gamers. How's that? Uh, hung out with Joe Wiggins, who was gracious enough to put on the meetup that we had, I don't know, about 25 folks show up at the meetup uh, at Pies and Pints on Thursday night. Uh, we had uh, some publishers, a couple designers show up, and then just people just hanging out and shooting the breeze and just having a good time. So that was really cool and, and mellow. I mean, we set it up four days beforehand because we weren't planning on doing a meetup. And then we had uh, about, I think I'm not exaggerating when I say there were about 74 different meetups on Thursday night. Uh, I know there was the Blue Peg, Pink Peg. There was the Punchboard Media. Renegade Games had a thing going on. And there was one other, uh, North Star uh, had one going. There, there were a bunch. So it was a kind of a segregated crowd. So unfortunately, guys like Travis and all the Punchboard Media folks uh, weren't able to come. But still, it was a really, really good time uh, and very laid back. Again, it kind of with the vibe of Origins to begin with. Just everybody was super approachable regardless of what side you were on, whether you were the gamer trying to approach, whether it's media, whether it's designers, whether it's it's publishers or vice versa. It was just it was just so totally chill and laid back. If there's one thing I want y'all to take out of all of this is just how laid back and just gamer friendly this entire convention really really was it was it was really fantastic uh hung out with lance tasty minstrel slash undead viking uh hung out with sarah from renegade games uh we made uh, we cemented i guess a really good relationship with lee uh Tommy and Raven over at Meeple Realty, uh, great people as well as well, a high-end product uh, quality-wise as far as just people we want to be associated with both personally as well as with the show. That was really, really cool. Eagle Griffin flew out Vital Lacerda, and that was awesome after the first day because unfortunately for Vital, it was something like a 25-hour flight. He got stranded in Cincinnati, waited for his connection to go to Columbus. It got canceled after waiting like five, six hours. So the guys had to go pick him up in Cincinnati and drive him back. And Clay had issues with Lignum trying to get that to the show. Ultimately, though, after a night's sleep for Vital and the games did arrive for Clay uh, on Saturday, everything ended up working out just great for all involved. So that was awesome. Had a great meeting with a whole bunch of different uh, companies uh, for the show side of things. And probably, I think the biggest news that we can announce, it's not really an announcement or anything, but the, the most validating aspect of the convention was I talked to the man himself behind BGG, behind Board Game Geek, Aldi, and... Uh, explain to him why I felt that the Golden Elephant Award belonged on 
Board Game Geek as an official recognized award. We could, you know, have it on the game pages for where it's uh, associated with as a finalist and winners. And he agreed. So look for that hopefully later this week or next week. Golden Elephant Award is going to be officially recognized and on Board Game Geek. So that's personally, that's really validating for what it is that we're trying to do here as far as bringing, uh, I guess you could call it awareness and a wider appeal or wider audience. Uh, the joy of these heavier games that we really enjoy. So that's really, really exciting for us. And it feels really good. I ain't going to lie. It it really did. Uh, speaking of which, um, in a couple weeks, as part of our Wednesday interview series, uh, or, or not really interview, conversations with Heavy Cardboard, I'm actually going to sit down and talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff and the history of Board Game Geek with Aldi himself. So look for that in a few weeks. We'll talk more about that when it gets closer. So that's, uh, that's very exciting for me because if y'all are anything like me, and the reason I enjoy the this conversations with Heavy Cardboard series so much is because of the fact that I'm, I feel like I'm the world's biggest five-year-old in that I really want to know the why of things. Like whether it's a designer, a publisher, or somebody like Meeple Realty or like Aldi for BGG, I want to know the why and the how of the behind the scenes. I mean, there's a reason that shows like how it's made are so popular. But the thing is with that show, I don't want to see the stuff they're making. I want to see how they make the machines that make this stuff that they're showing being made. But nonetheless, the the whole why and how I love finding out about. And if there's if I'm thinking about it, there's got to be others of y'all out there that are curious about this stuff too. And that's why we're trying to not just get designers on uh, with the conversations with heavy cardboard. We want it to be across the entire industry, all aspects, whether it's media publishers, designers, uh, accessory makers, BGG, uh, hopefully hopefully be able to get Carmen with Game Surplus on to be able to talk about an online game store and what all goes into that and everything. I think that's uh, I think that's interesting, at least I do, and so I'm hoping that other folks do as well. Uh, so let's see what else. Uh, met tons of content creators, other media folk, talked about collaborations with some of them, Tantrum House, which are doing really great work. They're on the lighter end of things, but nonetheless, I think their production quality is fantastic. So looking forward to trying to be able to do some stuff with them. Met the folks behind Blue Peg, Pink Peg, and Rob is not nearly as loud in person as he seems on the po- I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding that he's doesn't seem as light. He doesn't. I'm saying really good guys and gals, as it were. Uh, So looking forward to trying to do some stuff with them as well. And just, again, this goes back to the vibe of Origins, the being able to just hang out and chat during the con, during exhibit hall hours, and being able to congregate like near the, the capstone booth. And it brought a crowd around, which is awesome for folks like Clay, uh, but also other folks that are interested in meeting the, whether it's us from our show or other folks on their shows. Uh, It's just a win-win and and being able to do that and not feel like you're a a sardine uh, in a a tin can was fantastic. So yeah, that was very, very cool. 
couple other uh, cool uh, moments, I guess, uh, or, or experiences. Uh, Sam from the Dice Tower, he had Clay over from Capstone Games when they were talking about Lignum. And Sam was giving us some props on the Dice Tower live streams. So that was very cool. Thank you, Sam, for doing that, giving, giving us some props and telling folks to go check out our playthroughs and, and how to plays stuff. So that was very cool. And, uh, and Clay and Stephanie uh, from BGG, Stephanie Straw, insert straw here, she, uh, they, uh, when he was doing the live stream of or the game preview for Lignum, they also were talking up heavy cardboard, which, yay! I mean, that's awesome. So, thank you to both of them for, uh, I guess, showing us a little love in that respect. So, thank you on that. All right. So now we need to talk about the. I'm not gonna say it was the best part because the people were the best part of the convention, but outside of the people, notice I'm I'm not even really talking about games here. We need to stop and talk about the food at Columbus. Because, dude, seriously, uh, I understand now why people rave about the North Market. That was legit. So you walk into this, it's like a covered flea market type area, but instead of it being trinkets and gizmos that they're selling, it's all high-end food. Yay. Uh, they had a Polish joint, they had a Greek joint, they had a Mexican, they had some killer sandwiches, they had a barbecue joint, a couple of seafood, they had a Vietnamese um, restaurant. These are almost like uh, food like food truck, food court area, but for foodies. It was unbelievable. Belgian waffles, they had a, uh, a couple of coffee places, Jenny's ice cream. Uh, donuts the size of your face. I mean, it was just ridiculous, uh, the quality of the food. And that's just the North Market, which is right across the street from the convention hall itself. But then there was High Street. Now, the convention hall sits on High Street. And High Street goes probably further, much further than what we were willing to explore. We covered about the first mile of it. And it's just wall-to-wall on both sides, restaurants and bars, and pubs, and breweries, and all this stuff. Everything from super high-end steakhouses, prime uh, steakhouses, all the way down to, well, breweries, and pubs, and everything in between, and was just awesome food, just fantastic food, and Jenny's ice cream, I'd heard a lot about. I understand why. I'll be honest, Jenny's ice cream is probably my favorite ice cream I've ever had. Better than my Tillamook ice cream back home in, in Oregon. It is just ridiculous. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, the food just... If you're a foodie, and I am, that's another reason to go to Origins. It's, it's that legit. It really, really is. Let's see what else. Um, all right, so let's talk about some other people and games. So Vital was there, and it was pretty cool. The The last night of the convention, Vital had demoed about 700 games of Lisboa and a couple of Vinos and was pretty worn out at this point. But uh, he and I and Amanda were hanging out in the Eagle Griffin gaming area, and I broke out 
the two copies of Brass, uh, Brass uh, Birmingham and Brass Lancashire that I have from the guys over at Roxley. I still have the prototypes. They let me bring them to Origins, and we hosted a couple of, of plays of that in the open gaming area, which was cool. But being able to show this to, to, to Vital was pretty cool, and just talking shop and him asking questions about it and everything, that was just one of those, this is a cool moment moments. Right. Like I had one of those with Yeroon from Splatter at HeavyCon. We were talking about some we uh, five of us sat down to play Food Chain Magnate. And I had a question about something and I was going through the rule book and I was like, hmm, hold on one second. I got up. I walked two tables over. I was like, hey, Yeroon, I got a question. <laughs> and to me, I mean, I don't get starstruck, but that strikes me as just one of those. That's just cool moments, you know? Like, that's just badass. That was just really, really cool. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was fun with, uh, with VTOL. And we actually only played two games the entire convention. Now, understand, Amanda and I don't go to these conventions to play games usually. It's, it's to meet listeners and viewers of the show as well as the network and to work whether it's interviews, whatever, for the show. I mean, that's part of the the main reason why we go to these conventions. Uh, but we did get to play a couple of games. And I taught Lisboa to folks. I taught uh, Brass to folks. And last but not least, uh, the, the game that we played on Saturday was we played Founders of Gloomhaven with Isaac Childress, who's you know, designer, publisher behind Cephalo Fair, as well as the Gloomhaven. And we weren't super huge fans of Forge War. Uh, we reviewed that a year and a half, two years ago on the show. Weren't weren't a big fan of the game. Gloomhaven, I, I did back the second edition, so looking forward to that. Enough heavy gamers have, have said good things about it that I'm like, yeah, okay, let's give it a try. However, Founders of Gloomhaven, I saw it. Somebody describe it as uh, Isaac Childress's take on on a splatter game, as far as logistics. I kind of buy that, actually. Now, I'm not calling it a splatter game. Let's let me stop there. But I understand where people would get that from. All right. Uh, it does have. It, it's a very. You're building up the town of Gloomhaven. Uh, I again, I have not played Gloomhaven, so forgive me. You start out by picking a a uh, faction that gives you access to two different resources, and then you're building up this city by allowing folks to or building these resources to be able to then build these other buildings, and you're building roads, and there is a vote. Uh, between the councilmen, meaning the players, using uh, influence that you have. There's two different types of influence. There's a long-term, uh, I forget the exact term of it, and fleeting or permanent influence and in, in fleeting influence. It's not permanent, but bear with me. Um, ultimately, when we were, when we, he was going through the rules, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe, okay. But as Amanda and I played it more and more, we both kind of looked at each other like, yeah, I'm really digging this. So I think this is going to be a really excellent meeting point 
of those that tend to like more dungeon dwelling games as far and then the other side with folks that love more logistics euro style games i think this is going to be a very very happy meeting point that if you dig a meaty game and this very much is uh i think you're really gonna dig it so yeah really really big fan of our initial play of founders of gloomhaven which I didn't know what to think of it coming in. I didn't know if it was going to be something that we would dig or not, but it's it's definitely something that I certainly am excited about. And I told Isaac if he can get us an advanced copy of it, we can do a playthrough of it. I know uh, I know some other folks are uh, going to have the official ones or whatever, but uh, but yeah, definitely something we're checking out. Uh, I'm not one to hype Kickstarters a lot. But I know it's going to Kickstarter uh, sometime in July. He's actually starting to work on it this week, the the stuff he said. So, yeah, look for that. I'm super jazzed about it and legitimately excited about it. All right. Uh, let me see. Oh, I guess there's one other thing about Origins is apparently uh, I might be going to Gen Con after all. It's not a definitive yet, but it's it's very well possible. So that will be cool if that happens. All right, so let's actually, hey, the chat is going on, so hi, chat. Uh, oh, hey, Lance is here, undead. Hi, Lance. Um, so let's see, what all is going on? Oh, Keith's here. Um, yes, very excited about the Golden Elephant Award, let me tell you. Stupid excited about that. Uh, did I catch a glimpse of First Martians, Ryan asked. I did not. Um, I heard they did not have it out that I saw in the portal booth, uh, they were literally across the walkway from where we were at Capstone. Um, we weren't there the whole time, but we were there, you know, a few hours each day and everything. I didn't see it, but I did hear that it was there in some capacity. So unfortunately, I did not see it. Sorry about that. Uh, Keith saying that the humidity was pretty mild or, or uh, for normal weather in Indiana, Ohio. There's a reason we don't live there. I, I. Did not enjoy that, nor did Amanda. Uh, did we feel the number of new game announcements as Origins was lower this year? I don't have anything to, to base that off of, Dave, for the simple fact that this is our first year. Now, I know Lignum had its unveiling there, Lisboa. Both of these were soft releases because they both had about 100 copies, Lisboa and Lignum. Uh, Clay Dit was showing off the new version of the climbers which was cool to see and trying to think if there was anything else i know the expansion for terraforming mars was supposed to be there and i was excited for that but it didn't make it things get delayed just like what happened with the the, the main part of lisboa so unfortunately i uh, didn't get a chance to see that i i would have loved to have picked up a copy um but yeah, it, it definitely felt like there wasn't a ton of new stuff, at least in the realm that we occupy. There were there were some other publishers that had a lot of games. Uh, the, the Exit Games by Cosmos sold out every day, but they only had 50 a day of each one. So that I expected to sell out. And when we played the Abandoned Cabin at BGG, I'm sorry, at HeavyCon, we had a blast. That was that was a hoot. 
uh, for 15 bucks for a one-time game, definitely recommended. Uh, those are a lot of fun. I was pleasantly surprised by those. But not a ton of new releases. Uh, I did get wind. Uh, I need to tread carefully here. Uh, I do know that Renegade Games has some stuff coming down the road that is going to fall into our niche, I think is a good way to put it. Uh, so I'm very excited to be able to talk about that down the road, but I'm not allowed to right now. Just know that that's coming. That's good news. Um, all right, let me see. Let me catch back up here. What kind of ice cream did we have at Jenny's? Uh, I had the same two ice cream cones I got both times because I tried a bunch. They had like uh, some sweet biscuits and peach jam one. I tasted it. It tasted good, but not my favorite. My favorite was smack your mama good. And this was the uh, brown butter with almond brittle. Oh, my Lord. Wow, was that good. Oh, yeah, good call, York. Uh, he uh, he mentions Tom Russell, of uh, the designer of various games, including Winsome Games, as well as half of the publishing team behind Hollenspiel. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I meant to highlight this. So I was going out. I was chasing down Amanda, who was going to go get us coffee. And who do I run into just out in the hall? It's Tom and Mary Russell of Hollenspiel. And... Let me let me start by saying that is arguably the most adorable couple I have ever met in my life. They're both just you just want to, you know, hug them and put them in your pocket, feed them M&Ms. Uh they're just they're just adorable. Then uh he and I uh Tom and I got to talking about uh he sent me this real thoughtful email the day I was uh resigning from my job to quit my job and was really, really, really sweet and really just kind. And it just goes to show the type of people that they are and really big fans of theirs, even without, the, I, I, from a game standpoint, you guys obviously know how we feel about an infamous traffic. I mean, it was a golden elephant award finalist for 2016, but I've been saying this a lot lately that the games in this hobby are great, but ultimately it's just a conduit to be able to meet really excellent people. And that's what really, that's what sticks with you because more often than not, there are exceptions to this rule, but more often than not, the things that you're going to remember years down the road isn't, dude, that awesome move I did in this game. No one cares. Really? No one really cares about that. But remember sharing a drink or having a dinner with some really good friends and or meaningful conversation over the table or just hanging out. That's the stuff that ultimately really matters in the scheme of things. And that is what makes this hobby so special, in my opinion, is the bringing together of people and using board games as that conduit to friendships that can last a lifetime and that's what I appreciate are quality people much more so than board games now don't get me wrong I mean games drive all of this they're the conduit they're the glue that 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 brings it together but yeah ultimately man it's the people it really really is and I 
my best times at conventions have nothing to do with games. It has to do with sitting around, standing around, whatever, just talking with people and having fun and getting to know folks. And it's just, yeah, just awesome. So uh, Tom and Mary absolutely fall into that, uh, that, that realm of just great people that I want to be around and spend time with. So yeah, if you are interested in the games that we dig, just so happens that Tom makes really interesting games as well, and they publish really cool games as well over at Hollenspiel. So, yeah, I want to help promote good people as well as quality products. So, winning there in that respect. Uh, so, yeah, York, thanks for reminding me about that. I appreciate it. Obviously, five days is a lot to try. I mean, I tried to make notes as best I could, but inevitably I was going to overlook some things that I shouldn't have. Uh, so yeah, uh, Tom and Mary, that was really a, a fun experience. And Cole showed up, Cole Worley, designer of PAX Premier, Infamous Traffic, the upcoming John Company. And he had John Company with him. I know I did not get a chance to play it, but again, got to hang out. Uh, Cole gave me a big old hug. It was cool to see him. He was only there for uh, basically an afternoon and evening. Uh, but just was great to see him as well. And if all plays out well, uh, we should be able to get a, an advanced copy of John Company for the show to both be able to do a playthrough and teaching as well as review it ahead of uh, the release. So keep your fingers crossed on that. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm falling behind again in the chat. I apologize. Oh, and I know I catch a lot of grief uh, about uh, going back to the food idea about pizza in general, that most pizza sucks and I only like high quality pizza, i.e. New York style pizza. There was a pizza joint there at the North Market. They had really good New York style pie. I just had a slice of, uh, of uh, cheese pizza. Really enjoyed it. It was very, very, very enjoyable. Yeah, the food, man. It, it, it goes people first. Food second, the game's third, as far as how it fell down for me or how the the uh, uh, hierarchy of things that was awesome at Origins. So, yeah, that that's where I'm at. And I bet you if you asked Amanda, it would probably be the same, even though she was very introverted at times, but did a awesome job of meeting folks and not going in into a turtle shell uh, with so many people coming up to us. This was her first real convention, or at least real big convention, in which people might come up and say hi to us a lot, and that happened. And she was a little taken aback by it, but at the same time had kind of experienced, or kind of, uh, experienced it vicariously through me, uh, through Essen or from Essen last year. So she knew what to expect. So she wasn't too overwhelmed and she was able to kind of escape here and there when she needed to, which was awesome. And, uh, yeah, there was one other thing that, uh, that happened that I will leave up to her if she wants to talk about, uh, in a, in a super awesome way that one of our, uh, listeners and patrons did for her, but, You'll have to listen to the podcast for that part of it. And all of this is going to be on the podcast. So for those listening after the fact, 
Hi. Uh, all right. So let's see. Catching up because I'm behind on the chat. Founders feels a bit like uh, the great Zimbabwe and others. I kind of get that. Again, it's very much its own game and it's nothing like it, but I get a feel that I can understand why people would say that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lance, yes, I would be happy to be on the Alaboom on Wednesday. So look for that. I guess apparently I will be on his on the Alaboom on uh, Lance's show on Wednesday. So look for that. When did Baron Park become heavy? It's not. But here's the thing. The podcast focuses on heavier games, but when we were doing trailers a lot more than we do so now, we covered games like The Climbers, we covered Arboretum, we covered, hell, we covered uh, dexterity games there, uh, here and there. It's basically anything that we think have uh, meaningful decisions. So the reason that I have Baron Park up here is we're going to be live streaming a uh, playthrough of it here when I start talking about the schedule. Um the joy of this channel is it gives us flexibility on what we can highlight to, uh, you know, thinky filler, that type stuff. So we definitely want to be able to do that. And that's exactly uh, what we're part of what we're going to do. Now, the overwhelming majority of the stuff that we're going to cover be on the podcast as well as the YouTube channel is going to be heavier fare. But again, meaningful decisions, as long as there are some. We may touch on it. Oh, uh, Dave, uh, clarify something. Uh, I wasn't being specific. I meant more announcements of games that will be coming. Um, again, can't really speak to that in comparison to previous years. There just didn't feel like a lot of new stuff. Oh, wow. Hey, look at this new thing that's either here or coming, or at least stuff that is publicly announceable right now. Uh so I can't say if that's different from previous Origins. Uh, with the size of Origins, though, I would be surprised if folks aren't starting, and by folks I mean publishers, aren't starting to try and get at least soft releases hit more at Origins than they have been, just for the simple fact that, wow, this is 20, 25,000 people. We probably ought to, you know, try and capture that market. I mean, if it were me from a publishing standpoint, I would try and do that. But what do I know? I'm just a talking head in that respect. I'm just a gamer uh, when it comes to that aspect. Oh, okay. And Keith in chat says, even in the lighter side of things, there weren't that many new games at Origins. Okay, cool. Good. But not good, but... I'm glad that to see that it, it ran the gamut. It wasn't just one aspect of the hobby or, or, or the other. It was just kind of a, a quieter uh, announcement period uh, across, the, across the entire industry. Yeah, it was. we had a lot of fun at Pies and Pints. Oh, that's another thing I can talk about food-related. Good call is I had one of the more unorthodox types of pizza. Uh, it was... It was as one of their standards at Pies and Pints. It was a grape, like grape as in like the fruit grapes, and gorgonzola uh, pizza. Amazing. Two things, or at least one thing I would have never thought to put on a pizza, which are grapes. But the grapes and the gorgonzola on pizza was just fantastic. Really good pizza. Uh, 
not to mention the one, and I mentioned earlier, the one at North Market, which was also delicious. I didn't eat anything that wasn't awesome the entire week. Definitely probably put on a couple of pounds, but that's all right. Given the amount of walking that we did around the convention and to and from food and everything, I think made up for it. Had an awesome burger at this uh, uh, burger joint nearby uh, with Tommy Lee and Raven. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was just really good time. Catching up. People talking in the chat about uh, just quality people and, and, and how... Uh, that's been such a, a nice aspect of this hobby, just the, the people that you meet. Now, obviously, you always have your 10%, no matter where you are in life and in any aspect, but I, I love being able to surround myself with quality people and just salt of the earth is, is the, the phrase that comes to mind. And yeah, this is uh, Origins was a great example of meeting a whole lot of those people. That was really, really great time. Oh, that's a really good on-the-spot question that I have no idea about. So, uh, Benjamin says, uh, if you could have gotten to try one game at Origins that you weren't able to, what would it be? I think it would be that Citadel Confluence uh, game by WizKids is the one that I would have liked to have played. There is one other that I will mention. I've played Memoir 44 before, but if you follow us on Twitter, I tweeted out some pictures of, I mean, it was Overlord, but I think it was Overlord Plus. It was the entire, it was eight maps uh, all put together to be the entire Normandy beach landings via Memoir 44 that, I don't know if I really wanted to play it, but man, that was awesome to see that thing set up. They had little, uh, they had uh, pill German pillboxes with LED red lights in them to give a little bit more of a, a thematic feel to it, and had guns pointing out of it. And it was just, that was really cool. That was awesome to see. I did see a couple of Monster War games there as well, Baltic Gap, and. Um, uh, it was one of the Napoleon, uh, ones I tweeted it out and I cannot think of it off the top of my head. Uh, but that was awesome to see what Amanda got a kick out of this. Cause she'd never seen any of the, I, I'd never seen any of the monster games in person. I've seen pictures and everything. And I've heard stories how a lot of gamers, when they, uh, when they're at, uh, Consim world expo or monster con or any of this, some of these turns, like one player's turn, can take like four hours moving all their units and making their decisions and everything. And there was one guy, uh, one of the, it was a two-player Baltic Gap game, and one of them was sitting there, just, he had a really, really thick book that he was reading while the other player took his turn. Amanda got a real big kick out of that, and I, I got I snapped a picture of it I thought was pretty funny. But, uh... Yeah, just that those were cool to see, but I would say probably the Citadel Confluence game is the one that I wish I would have been able to try out that I didn't get a chance to. Um also I should also point out and I need to be real coy about this and I'm not trying to be difficult when I say this, uh but I have a very good friend of mine whose game I had in my possession that I was able to show off to a publisher and 
on his behalf demo to try and get it signed. So keep your fingers crossed, and I'm sure if and when that comes to pass that you will hear from it from my friend. Uh, and that was probably the most nerve-wracking scary experience I've ever had in this hobby, even more so than hitting record the very first time for episode one Madeira for heavy cardboard for the simple fact that I have somebody's baby and I'm trying to put a, a good, good face on this baby that I truly believe in and feel good about and feel strongly about, but it's not mine. And what if I screw this up and this doesn't come to pass because of what I did? Talk about scared out of your wits. That was me. Dude, I was shaking like a, just a leaf beforehand. If I was thinking, I would have asked Amanda to run to the bar to go get me a shot so I could probably settle down. In the end, though, I think it all went well, and we'll see how it turns out. Uh, that was a very cool experience. I'm glad I got to experience it once in my life, and yeah, I'm all set. I have no interest in doing that again. That was a one-off. Um, but that, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, that was a really good question though. What one game would I have wanted to try? I would have liked to have tried the, uh, the expansion for, for terraforming Mars if it was there, but I know it's coming. So there's no big deal. So something out of my normal wheelhouse would have been good, which again, that, uh, the, uh, game by whiz kids, definitely everybody and their mother was, was telling me it seemed that I, we need to check that out. Not talking badly about pizza there, Skywolf. It's all about talking about badly about crap pizza. Because I don't believe that crap any pizza is good pizza. I, I strongly disagree with that. I really do. Hey, Skippin's here. Hi, Skippin. We won. <laughs> uh, yes, North Market definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, which I think I've talked enough about here, so I can probably nip that in the bed, or in the bud, I mean. Uh, let's see. Yeah, overload or overlord. I, I like that. Andrew says, wait, Madeira was episode one? Yeah, I went back and listened to it. Man, it's painful to hear. The cool thing is, is our, our licensed music. We we license our music before we actually start, which is uh, Ronald Jenkins here on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't heard uh, any of his other work, everything that we sample uh, throughout, whether it's a pod blast or the podcast itself or anything like that, we all licensed everything with it. That's one thing that I, I'm very, very happy and glad going back to episode one that we did for the simple fact that we did it right from the beginning. Just the audio quality was is cringeworthy. Oof. Uh, so, yeah. Oof. Let's move on. Can I think of a dexterity game that also qualifies as heavy? No. I can't. But uh, that's okay. They don't need to be because dexterity games are fun and enjoyable for what they are being a dexterity game right uh the i heard that the new godfather game was there i did not see it nor did i seek it out because that is very much not something that interests me uh nor did i think uh many of our our viewers and listeners would be terribly interested in that so i yeah it just wasn't something that uh really 
uh, was too high on my interest list. Uh, Brad says he saw some complaints about it being tough to get into open gaming. Did I see any of that? I didn't. I saw a lot of empty tables in, in a good way, like there was plenty of space. Now, I know that the badges or the ribbons that you had to buy for 20 bucks for the open gaming for the entire weekend, um, I don't know if you're talking about outside of that or inside of that, but I didn't see or hear any issues of that. But that's not to say that it didn't happen, all right? Okay, curling, fair point, be a heavy dexterity game. Just by default, those stones are way a lot. All right, all right, so I think I'm just about caught up with everything. Uh, Flip Ships, actually, by by Renegade Games. That that would be another one that I didn't get a chance to play uh, that I actually wanted to. It, I was hearing a lot of really good things about that, so... I would like to pick that up and give that a try at some point. Again, it's a dexterity game. It's a lighter game. So, you know, not everything that we play is going to be super heavy. Um, it's just that's the majority about what we're going to talk about on the show. So there's that, right? All right. Transitioning into the upcoming schedule for Heavy Cardboard. So today, obviously, we're doing the Origins Recap and the upcoming schedule. Uh, the podcast, we released the Nuno and Paulo interview or the conversations with Heavy Cardboard. That dropped overnight last night, so that's already out in the wild. So that pretty much covers Monday the 19th. Moving on to Tuesday the 20th, and I apologize that there isn't a fancy graphic. Uh, uh, that is 100% my fault, not Amanda's. Uh, there will be going forward, just I kind of did that. Today was supposed to be a day off. So Amanda didn't make a graphic, right? I can't blame her for that. I just don't know what a day off is. So it is what it is. All right. So uh, Tuesday, nothing for the podcast uh, because uh, we wanted to give folks a couple days to digest the Nuno and Paulo conversation that I had from uh, last week. However, on the YouTube channel, I am going to do the first top six video in a series that we're going to be doing well, going forward, um, reason top six, because, well, we rate on a one to six scale, uh, scale. Plus, to be honest with you, there aren't going to be 10 of some of these things on these lists that we're going to be doing. And I didn't want to force it. Six feels right. So plus it ties in with our ratings scale. So we're the first one that I'm going to be doing tomorrow, hopefully, is top six biggest recent surprises to us uh that's kind of a little general and vague on purpose we're not going to give a hard fast timeline on this one but we will on some of the others now i say if possible the reason is here in about 48 minutes i have to make a phone call and find out whether or not i have to show up for jury duty so if I have jury duty, you know what you're not getting tomorrow? <laughs> you're not getting the top six. Uh, so there's that. And if not, then we'll slide it a day. Unless I get selected for a jury, then uh, then you will get it when I'm done with jury duty. Let's hope not. But at the same time, I've already been a foreman on a attempted murder trial uh, when I was in Vegas. You guys should ask about that sometime. That, I think, is a pretty interesting story. Anyway, um depending on whether or not I have to show for jury duty or not, will dictate whether or not the top six comes on Tuesday or later in the week. So there's that. For Wednesday, 
nothing for the podcast because on Thursday you're going to get the our full Pax Renaissance review, and that's going to be a two pronged inter, uh, review with me and Ash. The reason Amanda is not going to be a part of it, she's going to be a part of the episode. She is not going to be a part of the review by her choice. The reason is she doesn't feel like she grocks it enough, even though she's played it six or seven times. She doesn't feel like she has a good enough handle on it to review it, whereas Ash and I both do. And so, therefore, it's going to be Ash and I doing our review of Pax Ren for our regular episode for Thursday. We're also going to have some other extra content in that episode, so keep an ear out for that on Thursday. Getting back to Wednesday, though, the 21st, we're going to live stream, teach and live stream Rococo, which is why you see it in front of me over here. We may or may not include the jewelry expansion. We probably will because the rules overhead on that is pretty small. Um, plus, it adds a little, a little je ne sais quoi to the, uh, to the game. So Wednesday, YouTube, Rococo, that's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, which is 1.30 a.m. UTC. So it's going to be heavy on the American times this week uh, for the evening stuff. And hopefully if we're able to get some stuff during the day, then uh, be a little bit more European friendly. All right. So as I said, Thursday, we have the Pax Renaissance uh, review and episode on the podcast on YouTube. We're finally going to do Terraforming Mars. We're also going to feature the Meeple Realty insert on that. That also is going to be 7.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, which is 1.30 a.m. UTC time, I guess on Friday, technically. Friday, I'm going to take a day off. Here's what I will promise. If I have jury duty or I have to show up tomorrow for jury duty for the top six, meaning I can't do it on Tuesday, I will instead do it on Friday. So it'll at least be this week for our first top six. So hopefully that works out. And the reason no uh, live stream or anything like that on Friday is it's our game of the month, which is Indonesia. And we just did that a couple weeks ago, and we don't want to, well, redo it again. So there's that. Saturday, we are going to live stream uh, one of the winsome games from this year that I showed off previously in one of the uh, previous live streams. We have chosen, actually Matt chose this, it's Iberian Gage, a Tom Russell game as well. That's going to be at 11.30 a.m. Saturday, Mountain Daylight Time, so that's 5.30 p.m. UTC. And then on Sunday at 2 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, so that's 9 p.m., we're going to do this. Again, we're going to go over our schedule for the following week. And then following that, we're going to actually live stream Baron Park, uh, a playthrough of that, teaching and playthrough of that. And also on Sunday for the podcast, we're going to have our uh, the conversations with Heavy Cardboard, but this one being the Vital Lacerda interview from a few weeks ago. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's That's where we're at on all of that. So that's the schedule. So recap real quick. Tuesday, if I don't have jury duty for you, I'll do YouTube first, podcast second. YouTube, Tuesday, top six biggest recent surprises at noon if I don't have jury duty. And all these times are mountain daylight time. On Wednesday, Rococo at 7.30 mountain daylight time, 7.30 p.m. 
On Thursday, Terraforming Mars with the Meeple Realty Answered at 7.30 uh, Mountain Daylight Time. On Friday, if I had jury duty, I will do the top six biggest recent surprises. If not, that will have been done on Tuesday, and I'm taking Friday off. Saturday is the Winsome Iberian Gauge at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And Sunday is Barron Park following the schedule release. So think of it probably about 3 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time on that. For the podcast, today was Nuno and Paulo Conversations with Heavy Cardboard. On Thursday is PAX Renaissance episode. And then on Sunday is going to be the More Conversations with the Elephant with Vital Lacerda. And that's it. That's that's all I got information-wise. Somehow this ended up being over an hour. I have no idea how. You guys keep me talking. Yay. Yes, Terraforming Mars is on Thursday. Cool. All right. Awesome. I appreciate everybody that uh, tuned in. I know this was kind of a gonzo thing with very little notice. I understand that. Um, we're going to try and do these every Sunday outside of when we're going to conventions. Sunday at 2 p.m. Mountain Daylight, which is 9 p.m. Mountain Daylight. And that way can kind of cover both the Europeans as well as North American and South American folk uh, that tend to watch us. Asia, I apologize. Sorry. All right. So that said, uh, I guess I'll be seeing a lot of you or you'll be seeing a lot of me and I'll be talking a lot with you all here coming up uh, this week and looking forward to it. So thanks everybody. Also, uh, big thanks to all our patrons on patreon.com. Uh, forward slash heavy cardboard without them this doesn't happen and if you like all this extra content that we are able to provide then consider supporting the show because this will stop when i go back to working if i have to if i'm not able to do this full time it's not a threat it's nothing like that it's simple fact um the extra content is available i i'm able to do all this extra content because I'm able to do this full time. So it's entirely in your hands. If it's something that you like and want to support and want to have more of, consider supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash heavy cardboard. Thanks everybody for watching. We appreciate it. And thanks everybody that I met or that Amanda and I met at Origins. We had a blast and thanks for helping make that really, really special for us. Cool. All right. We'll see you all this week or you'll hear from us this week if you're on the podcast. All right. Talk to y'all later. Bye.